0: Chapter twenty of the Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners This is a Librivox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners by Agnes G Burn. Chapter twenty The Circulation of Air. All round the world, on and near the equator, lies a remarkable band of calm air. The northern trades meet there the southern trades, and each tends to counteract the other. The belt of calms, known as the doldrums has to be passed by every ship, going from one hemisphere to the other. Sailing vessels have often been kept there for weeks, unable to advance like that of the ancient mariner, as idle as a painted ship upon a painted ocean. In olden days, before steam power was known, passengers to Australia or South America were often long delayed. Though wind is scant, rain is abundant, sometimes to a tremendous extent. Old sailors tell of such deluges, combined with dead calms that fresh water, has absolutely been ladled up from the surface of the still ocean the trade wind belts have been already described as currents of air pouring constantly from north and south towards the equator these are on the surface of earth low down in the ocean of air high up in the atmosphere above the trades are two exactly opposite currents of air known as anti-trades, pouring away from the equator towards the north and south. They too have been mentioned earlier as the result of the heated air over the equator. As there are upper and undercurrents of water in the ocean, so there are upper and undercurrents of air in the atmosphere. The winds may blow where we stand straight from the north, but there is no proof that higher up the wind does not blow direct from the south careful watching of clouds shows often that the upper layers are traveling in a perfectly different direction from the lower layers before a thunderstorm when attention is drawn to the sky we often hear it remarked that the cloud has come up against the wind the cloud has of course done nothing of the kind. A cloud can no more float in the air against the wind than a log of wood can float in a river against the stream. The cloud is merely borne towards us by a different current of air from that which at the moment we feel. The same fact of differing air currents, though less sharply marked than in stormy weather, may be seen on many a fine and breezy day, but people do not commonly observe. The anti-trades lie very high up, so high that no mountain climber has walked out of the lower trades into the anti-trades. Towards the outer verge of the trade belt, however, the anti-trades are found descending to lower levels, and even without this there are abundant proofs of their existence. Beyond the trade belts, to north and south, lie two more so-called calm belts that to the south is named sometimes the calms of Capricorn, that to the north the calms of Cancer. Some know the latter as the horse latitudes. A very obvious connection exists between seahorses, mares' tails, and high winds, which is rather at variance with one's notions of calmness. The Cancer calms are, however, of a most variable nature much broken by severe gales and heavy storms. There is a marked difference between the calm belt of the equator and the two calm belts of the tropics. The calm belt of the equator has incessant currents of air pouring in below from north and south, while incessant currents of air flow away above. So the tendency of air there must be to rise steadily upward in the so-called calms of cancer and capricorn regions really of unsettled winds and violent storms alternating with wearisome calms things are just the other way streams of air pour in above from north and south while streams below flow out towards north and south so the tendency of the air there must be to sink steadily downward causing pressure from above which indeed has been noted as markedly shown by the barometer there is also a considerable difference in the condition of air currents flowing from the equator to north and south and air currents flowing from north or south to the equator the equator is the largest circle of latitude and all other such circles from the equator to the poles grow smaller and smaller If a current of air pours from the North Pole to the equator, it runs in an ever-widening bed. This may be seen by following the course of two longitude lines on the globe, beginning at the pole and ending at the equator. But an air current travelling the other way moves in an ever-narrowing bed. In the first case, it can spread itself out. In the second, it has less and less room. Regions north of the Cancer Calm and south of the Capricorn Calm are no longer characterized by such persistent winds as the trades and anti-trades. Still, the great circulation of the atmosphere goes on, only in a more irregular mode, and even there something of a rough plan may still be detected the winds of the region between the horse latitudes and the north pole may seem to wander here and there without aim or rule yet on the whole there is a general tendency of air currents below to flow towards the pole and of air currents above to flow away from the pole in the northern hemisphere these winds have little fair play being constantly interfered with by the rapid heating and cooling of great continents but in the southern hemisphere, when much ocean and little land are found, westerly winds, circling around and towards the South Pole, have full swing. Not only are they almost as persistent as the trades, but far stronger, becoming at times so violent as to have gained for that region the expressive cognomen of the Roaring Forties. These winds are westerly not as one might expect southerly and northerly they do not travel towards the poles from due south and due north but rather from a westerly direction one reason for this is not hard to find if the whole surrounding atmosphere poured straight in upon either pole the piling up of air above the poles would be tremendous a general influx of air from all sides could scarcely be balanced by any amount of flowing away above such a state of things is not possible the winds nearing the poles must with lessening space play round and about must approach rather by circling than by direct lines each air current fitting in as it can with other currents another reason for these westering gales of low latitudes is connected with the daily whirl of our earth upon its axis in an earlier chapter we saw how the atmosphere revolves with the earth from west to east each part of it at the same speed as the ground on which it rests we saw how the air at the equator has a steady speed of one thousand miles or so an hour while at the poles it scarcely moves at all and all the way between the poles and the equator it moves like the ground at different rates now when air comes from the north towards the equator it partakes of the slow northern whirl and as the earth below rushes faster and faster it lags behind seeming to come not from the north but from the northeast when on the contrary air flows from the equator towards the north it partakes of the rapid tropical whirl, and as the ground beneath moves more and more slowly, it outraces the earth, appearing to come not from the south, but from the southwest. Thus the trades blowing equatorwards, which would be northerly winds, become northeasterly, and those winds blowing polewards, which would be southerly, become. Westerly, we have now some idea of what may be called the rough draft or general outline of atmospheric circulation. Briefly, it is as follows: one, a belt of calms on and near the equator, winds flowing in below and flowing out above, two, on either side, a belt of steady winds. The trades below, flowing towards the equator, the anti-trades above, flowing away from the equator. 3. Outside the trade belts, to the north a belt of Cancer comes, to the south a belt of Capricorn comes. The winds in both cases flowing in above from north and south, flowing out below towards north and south. Four. Beyond the calms of Cancer to the north and beyond the calms of Capricorn to the south a belt of variable winds, below more or less westerly and tending towards the pole, above tending away from the pole. 5. At the north pole and at the south pole a region of comparative calm, winds mainly flowing in below and flowing out above. Thus a continuous circulation of air is kept up over the whole Earth. No part of the atmosphere is ever at rest, but a perpetual interchange of air currents goes on everywhere. One may in imagination follow the progress of an air particle, starting from the equator and performing the grand tour. At the equator it rises upward into higher regions of the atmosphere as part of an anti-trade it journeys northward passing over the contrary blowing trade below in the calms of cancer it descends to earth plays about in a storm or two and takes its choice between joining the stream of air which at once returns to the equator and joining the stream of air which more fitfully finds its way towards the north pole having been carried away by the latter this wandering particle is borne to and fro by many breezes visiting divers countries yet on the whole progressing northward reaching at length the neighbourhood of the pole the particle finds itself in another region of comparative calm though by no means a region where storms are unknown Rising upward after a while, it joins a high level current of air proceeding southward, an infant trade wind, in fact, though hardly yet to be recognized as such. Gaining once more the calms of Cancer, it descends anew, and this time passes out below to the southward, as a part of the northeast trade. At the equator again, the particle works its way upward as before and joins the upper current flowing southward as part of an anti-trade reaching the calms of capricorn it descends passes thence below through the roaring forties towards the south polar calm finds an upward path there to the outflowing currents above returns to capricorn descends afresh joins the southeast trade and reaches the equator ready to begin the round anew this circle of possible movements for a single air particle might be almost infinitely varied by permitting it to join any of the innumerable side currents and eddies of air caused by countless land influences it should become part of a monsoon here part of a hurricane there it should unite itself to a cyclone in one place to an anticyclone in another Though the broad outlines of atmospheric circulation may be sketched with a certain regularity, the variations upon that rough plan are past counting. In the air circulation of earth, as in the blood circulation of a man's body, there are little arteries as well as great arteries, and hundreds of tiny streams for every big stream. The wind goeth towards the south. And turneth about unto the north, it whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. What I have tried to explain in many paragraphs is given thus in five and twenty words of Holy Writ the circulation of air described in a nutshell. End of chapter twenty.